Welcome to The Point Being, a podcast brought to you by Ipsos Public Affairs. Here we give voice to the people and unpack how public opinion relates to the news of the day. I'm Sarah Feldman, a data journalist here at Ipsos, and I'm joined today by our public opinion research lead, the one and only Chris Jackson. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> and that is one and only is just a statement of fact today. That's that's our headcount. We are that's working right. with a, a bit of a skeleton crew. Mallory and Kate are out taking some well-deserved time off. That's uh, right. They, they took last week's podcast and decided to take that whole get out of town thing very right. early and got out of town. <laughs> yeah, as, as they should, as they should. Um, and we're going to be, but nonetheless, we're going to be taking a look at uh, LGBT issues as Pride Month wraps up. And for those that don't know, Pride is a, a time dedicated to remembering and celebrating LGBT LGBT people, that's a mouthful, their rights and history. And we've done a ton of research in this space that speaks to how different generations relate to their sexuality and gender, the evolution of support for same-sex marriage over time, and the state of play for other LGBT issues, along with how different parts of the LGBT community relate to pride. So Chris, let's get right into it, just the two of us. Um, what do we know about how sexuality differs by generation? Yeah, so we've done a lot of research in the area. Uh, we've been working with the Williams Center at UCLA for uh, a number of years uh, to really look at uh, LGBT, LGBT issues, that is a mouthful, um, yeah. and track it. And and we've got a really a wealth of, of data that we can bring to bear and, and, and it really helps us understand sort of the evolution of attitudes on the question. Um, one of the sort of the fun uh, data points that we actually have from a survey we fielded a little bit earlier this year was asking Americans about uh, attraction uh, and particularly asking them if they were attracted to people of the opposite sex, the same sex, and then if there's like maybe a little bit of a mix. And, you know, writ large, most Americans say that they're only attracted to the opposite sex. Um, you know, it's, it's about three quarters. Uh, but there's some really interesting and big differences when you break it down by age. Uh, so we looked at it by generation. So we have baby boomers, which is sort of the older generation, people that are sort of 60 and older, Gen X, which are sort of people in their uh, very l like mid 40s to sort of 50s millennials who are people sort of in their 30s now and then Gen Z who are people sort of in their early 20s um, and some huge differences, right? So baby boomers, 84% say they're only attracted to the opposite sex. Uh, the other 16% kind of a mix of same sex uh, and then, you know, equally attracted. Uh, Gen Z or Gen X rather, uh, Gen Xers, uh, not terribly far apart, 76% attracted to the opposite sex. So three quarters. And then about 13% uh, mostly attracted to the same sex. Um, so sort of your you know, more typical definition of homosexual. Um, but then when you get to millennials and Gen Z, you see a big jump. 60% of millennials, 52% of Gen Z say they're only attracted to the opposite sex. Um, so, you know, looking at Gen Z, which is people in their sort of uh, late teens and early 20s, only half say that they are strictly heterosexual. And the other half are sort of a of sort of sexual attraction, um, including 14% that are mostly attracted to the same sex, 21% that are equally attracted to both sexes, and 11% that are mostly but not exclusively attracted to the opposite sex. So there's this huge 
sort of jump that really happened sort of during the millennial generation, sort of during those people in their 30s of a much more sort of open view of sexual attraction and a much more sort of fluid view of sexual attraction um, that I think has really been interesting and I think has been potentially prompted by sort of the increasing sort of awareness of people of different sort of sexual sexualities and sexual attraction, sexual identities in society. And do we see that in our data, Sarah? We do. I, I mean, to speak to what you were just saying, Chris, the other side of that coin is that people in Gen Z millennials are more likely to know someone, to have a relative friend or a work colleague who is in the LGBT community. And uh, that that's really important when it comes to familiarizing people's um, community, who they are, what the issues are there. Um, and that the big Ipsos Global Advisor Survey we just released earlier this month finds that about two in three people under 35 know someone who is gay or lesbian, half know someone who's bisexual, um, and about one in four know someone who is trans or non-binary. And that's hugely different than people who are over 35, where we see only about half of people knowing in that age group knowing someone who is gay or lesbian, and that number dropping down to about two in five for bisexual people and hitting the single digits for trans and non-binary people. So, you know, one side of the coin is people coming out and being more attracted or, uh, you know, self-actualizing their sexuality. And the other side of that is that now more people based on their generation know people in that community. Um, and, you know, th that's a pretty significant generational change there, Chris. Um, and I'm just wondering if that's driving any political differences that we're seeing. You know, I think support for same-sex marriage has changed enormously just in my lifetime. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I started in politics in the early 2000s and, and back then, uh, you know, coming out against same-sex marriage was a political winner. Uh, it was a, it was essentially the more popular side of the debate. Uh, defensive marriage acts uh, were put on lots of state ballots in 2002, 2004. Um, in the 2004 election, for instance, Republicans put a lot of uh, DOMA bills on state ballots, and a lot of analysts think that helped George Bush win his reelection over John Kerry in that election is that it helped really pull out uh, evangelical voters who are mo motivated by uh, by sort of these these sort of same-sex marriage questions. Um, and since then the issues changed dramatically uh, you know from from about maybe one in three Americans supporting it to a clear majority, you know basically two-thirds of Americans now, uh, supporting the idea of same-sex marriage, supporting the legality of same-sex marriage. Um, and there was really very much an inflection point that happened sort of in the the middle of sort of Obama's administration where there was a, a shift. And it had been growing over time and that sort of helped push it up. And I think there was two things that happened. Um, one is there is definitely a sort of a generational uh, generational replacement sort of thing where younger people are much more supportive of LGBT rights, much more supportive of same-sex marriage. And as they make up a larger and larger share of the population, as old people basically die off, their views have gotten more popular. And then the other is that the Black and African-American community had been a little bit more resistant to uh, same-sex marriage, even though 
the Democratic Party that they're in had been supportive of. But when Obama came out in uh, in the you know latter part of his pre- presidency, supporting it after Joe Biden kind of pushed him to, uh, that actually pulled about 10 percent of the population uh, along with him to support it as well. So that was that sort of that jump you saw at the time. So there's the generational replacement at one part and then sort of a little bit of a partisan realignment on another that has really pushed the issue up in the United States. But we're not just seeing that happen in the States. We're seeing that generational replacement thing happening really around the world. And that global advisor data set, uh, Sarah, you just mentioned, has some data that sort of speaks to that, right? Yeah, um, this change from 20, the global advisor data looks at differences between 2013 and 2021. And much like you were just talking about, Chris, in the US, we're seeing those changes um, across some of similar countries to the US, our biggest allies. Canada saw plus 12 jump over that time. Um, The UK saw plus 13 jump. Um, So this is not just happening in the US, it's also happening around the world. Now, of course, there's some differences by country. You know, Sweden is has been consistent at about like an 80% acceptance for same sex marriage in 2013 and 2021, a little ahead of the curve there, Um, while Poland and South Korea remain um, at a minority support for same sex marriage. So, you know, it's not it's not happening everywhere, but in similar countries to the US, it's certainly there's been a significant change from 2013 to 2021 as the issue landscape has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, where this is just talk, we're just talking about same sex marriage here. Um, and there are a host of other issues that are important to LGBT people. Um, and I'm wondering, Chris, if we're seeing this jump in support extend to other issues important to the LGBT community. Uh, yes, but um, <laughs> it's not uh, it's not sort of, you know, a, a complete rising tide, rising all boats. Um, what we see is uh, there is a lot of support, majority, super majority support for things that are, you know, essentially sort of more basic rights and protections. Um, but there's less support for things that people don't totally understand or that feel like they may be sort of more edge cases or marginal cases. So, for instance, uh, when we asked if uh, people support laws banning discrimination against LGBT people when it comes to employment, uh, education, housing, things like that, uh, we see a majority of Americans, 60 plus Americans, percent of Americans say that they support those, right? So again, uh, sort of a super majority position. Um, and there is, again, sort of that that sort of generational shift where young people are most supportive and older people are a little less supportive. But generally, most people, everyone a majority there. Um, but then when you start getting into maybe less sort of basic right kind of questions, the support really gets a lot more sort of conditional. So when we ask if people support companies and brands actively promoting LGBT equality, you still see a majority of young people, but it's actually a minority, only about uh, two and five uh, people over the age of 50 who support that. So, you know, people say that, yes, LGBT, like everyone, most people say LGBT people should have rights, but there's a little bit more discomfort with the idea of companies, for instance, advocating. Um, And then you get to sort of the real sort of uh, cases where people are, are really trying to figure out their position or try to figure out how to get through it, like issues like transgender athletes, um, where we asked if people support or oppose 
transgender athletes competing based on the gender they identify with rather than the sex they were assigned at birth. And we only find a minority of Americans supporting that, only about one in three, with, again, a little bit of a difference by age, but still a minority even among the youngest cohort. Uh, so, so we do see that even though people are broadly supportive of LGBT rights, there are still lots of places where people are not as supportive, lots of places where there is a lot of of uncertainty. And I think one of those areas where there's a huge difference comes around companies and brands promoting LGBT mm-hmm. uh, equality. And I think that actually has some relevance to some other data, Sarah, we have uh, about specifically Pride Month that, you know, we're at the end of celebrating uh, the last week or so of, of Pride Month. And we see some of those same patterns uh, reproduced in how people think about Pride specifically. Yeah, you're so right, Chris. We asked some really interesting questions about um, pride and how people in the LGBT community, people who identify as LGBT and their allies identify with pride and what they feel pride means to them. And, you know, a lot of the time pride is talked about as like a celebration or a festivity, but kind of our research shows that that is kind of a contentious position to hold. Um, A lot of younger people view pride as a protest um, and that's a pretty hot topic within the LGBT community. So about uh, 70% of people under 35 feel that pride is about protesting Um, unequal treatment by unfair systems, um, whereas only half of people over 35 feel that way. Um, Most feel that, you know, pride is about inclusivity and celebrating that inclusivity. Um, And there is a pretty significant gap between the under 35 and the over 35 with the under 35, 86% of people agreeing with that, while only 69% of people over 35 agree with that. Um, And Despite that, you know, whether pride is a celebration or a protest, um, a minority of people actually believe that pride has become too commercialized, which was a pretty surprising finding, um, kind of hearkening back to whether companies and brands actively promoting equality for LGBT people um, is something people support or not um, from the Global Advisor Survey. So it's kind of this mixed bag within the LGBT community writ large. Um, and we see those de- generational differences reproducing themselves there. Yeah, um, I find that really interesting how even within the LGBT community, the generations like have a big difference of opinion. So so it's not just in the full population that generation matters, even within the community, it has a major impact. Yeah. And that just goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, you know, knowing people who are LGBTQ, the diversity of who is LGBTQ, you know, it's not just LG and B anymore, lesbian, gay and bisexual. There's also this whole milieu of trans and non-binary people that are uh, much more prevalent, as our data suggests, among um younger generations, Gen Z, millennials. Um, So that's just creating, I think that's just, you know, related and reflected in this diversity of opinion of what's happening and what's being celebrated or protested this Mm -hmm. month. Um, So, you know, whole range of interesting issues we just unpacked today. There's lots of movement and differences here, which we will continue to track. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, Thanks for listening. But if any of this research we talked about sparks your interest, please, please check out the Global LGBT Pride Survey on our website and the NDC write-up featuring our study. 
Things we didn't get to this week that we released are final New York City mayoral poll, which is definitely worth diving into. And we have a couple of interesting studies coming out soon, namely the Ipsos Consumer COVID Tracker, our next wave of the Axios Ipsos Coronavirus Index, and some special July 4th questions all being released later this week and into next. So you can find all this and more at the at ipsos.com slash news and polls. And please follow us on Twitter at Ipsos US. Thanks for joining in. Um, please tune in next week. I'm Sarah Feldman. I'm Chris Jackson. And that's all for this week. Thanks much.